cupcakes. Welcome to Water Damage with your host, Gil Mancha. This is my chronological discussion of the King of the Seven Seas, Aquaman. Disclaimer, I will be actively getting and collecting issues as we go, and I'm trying to only cover issues I have a physical copy of or are in some collected edition. I'm going to stray away from digital because I love physical media, but the DC Universe Infinite app would be a great way to keep up with the podcast. Except these uh, earlier issues, I, I guess they're just not on here. In today's episode, we'll be covering Adventure Comics 137, The Undersea Lost World. Links will be in the podcast notes. This issue was released on February 1st, 1949. Let's take a look back at what else was happening this day in history. If you're watching TV before or after reading this issue, you'll likely be watching a variety show, The Ed Sullivan Show, or Suspense. Suspense was an anthology series hosted by Max Marshall. If you were younger or didn't care for those two, there's Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes like last time. That's a taste of what the world was like when Adventure Comics 137 was released. I'm reading this thanks to the Aquaman 80 Years of the King of the Seven Seas. As of recording, this issue is not available on the DC Universe Infinite app, so outside this 80 Years book I'm reading, I'm not sure where else you can find it. Just like the previous issues we've covered, Adventure Comics is an anthology of stories, and this one is the third one in the issue. Again, it's called The Undersea Lost World. I'll note that Aquaman's calf fins are back to yellow, whereas in the previous issue they were green, though I do think that was an oversight in coloring. The story was written by Otto Binder, penciled and inked by John Daly, and editor and editor Jack Schiff. This issue of Adventure Comics focuses on Superboy once again, so we'll focus on the first panel of the Aquaman story. Aquaman's name is written in red again. The setting is deep underwater, and Aquaman is shoving a big rock into the mouth of a plesiosaur-alligator hybrid. In the background, we see a man in awe wearing one of those old-timey atmospheric diving suits. Think Big Daddies from Bioshock. The text says, that all these places in the world have been discovered and charted, but you know what hasn't? You can probably imagine since it's an Aquaman comic, it's the ocean floor. And it's up to Aquaman himself to guide the first expedition through these subsea wilderness, the undersea lost world. Since this comic isn't on the DC Universe Infinite app, I can't read you guys the about this book section. After the break, we'll summarize the issue. Is Aquaman finished? Can you make it to the bathroom before we return with part two of the show? What it do guys, Majime here, and if you like board games, especially deck building games, you should check out at team underscore thunder on YouTube. There we have unboxings and games of Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, the DC deck building game, the Transformers deck building game, and many more. That's where you can find VODs of this and Dawn of Pod, where you can directly leave a comment and we can discuss the issues. As any good story begins, we're at the Marine Bureau, where Aquaman's called in to explore the sea bottom with Professor Peabody, an oceanologist. He's to be the professor's guide while he wears his special pressure suit. 
apparently with liquid oxygen that can supply him for days. Keep in mind he didn't mention food or water or even bathroom breaks. He wants to explore the bottom because he believes that there's valuable mineral deposits down there and Aquaman is just fine letting them in on such a resource. I'd almost think that they want to keep it there for marine life, you know, since this is before the Atlanteans. Fast forward to the next day, the two set off, but unbeknownst to them, Blackjack is watching their every move. Apparently he found out about the expedition through the criminal grapevine, his words. His plan is to keep circling around until they come up with reports on the minerals. He's playing the long game. At the bottom of the sea, the two chit-chat. Peabody tells Aquaman their condola has food, writing materials, and other supplies, so I guess they'll periodically come up and rest. He asks Aquaman if he'd been there before, and depending how you read his response, it's either high and mighty, which I doubt is the intent, or he's trying to teach the professor. He tells him, I doubt it. The ocean's three times as big as the land and would take ten lifetimes to see it all. I'm not sure what, if anything, prompted this, but Aquaman gets a giant shell to use as a sleigh with some sort of red rope of seaweed hooked to several dolphins. He notes if Bird could use dog sleds, why not my finny friends? He refers to Richard E. Bird, American naval officer and explorer. Turn the page and they've done it. They find a weird undersea valley. There you see undersea dinosaur tree lizards, but they have fins and pterodactyls, but with fins. Oh, and underwater. Peabody claims this new area in the name of the United Nations and Aquaman names it Aqua Patria. Peabody starts drawing a map and because it wouldn't make sense otherwise and is absolutely necessary, he explains that this is waterproof paper and pen. So it does write underwater. Both of these things would just been obvious if they just did it instead of having to explain it all. I mean, obviously if you can write underwater, it can be written underwater. I don't know. We aren't able to really think about the paper and pens for long because they get attacked by the plesiosaur dinosaur monster hybrid we saw on the first panel. Here's where I get our quote of the issue. Do it again! In vain, Aquaman says, stop, stop, I say. No use, the species doesn't know me. I'm not the king of the sea here. It's not just that he can talk to sea creatures, it's that they kind of have to do what he wants because he's royalty. Really calls into questioning the dolphins from earlier. Did they want to help because they're buddies of his, or did they help out of servitude to their king? Oh, it gets better. Seeing no other option, Aquaman decides he'll just have to snap its jaws. And so he does, and kills the creature, but as it dies, it whips its tail at Peabody. It cuts off his oxygen, and Aquaman has to quickly swim him up. Don't forget, Blackjack is still watching and he saw the two come up full speed ahead to the island they go. Peabody tells Aquaman he'll fix the bent breathing tube shortly and Aquaman tells him take a little break while he takes a stroll. While Aquaman is out on his stroll, Blackjack and his crew sneak attack Peabody, knocking him unconscious and Blackjack gets into the suit unbeknownst to Aquaman. The two go back underwater. The narrator explains that due to poor visibility, Aquaman can't see the pirate through the front glass of the helmet. Aquaman uses an electrical divining rod as they search for minerals and finds metal under their feet, determining it to be copper core. Aquaman gets a that's so raven style vision of the ocean floor being completely mined for its resources. He tells who he thinks is Peabody that the copper is already scarce and someday giant drilling bells will come here and dig it up. He tries to claim the mineral bed for bonk, gets hit by Blackjack who claims it for himself. I think it knocks him out for a while because the next panel, time has elapsed to when the Water King's senses returned. Maybe not for long, but more than a second, which means Blackjack totally had a chance to kill him, 
but instead got a giant bivalve clam to hold his leg until the monster could attack and eat him. Blackjack makes for the surface and Aquaman calls a sawfish to come and saw through the clam's muscles to open it up. Sounds brutal. He's freed and swims back up while the sawfish also attacks another plesiosaur alligator hybrid like before. No doubt was about to eat the king of the seven seas. Just as Blackjack was climbing out of the suit, Aquaman comes out of the sea on a walrus. Blackjack says he's planning on selling the copper field to the highest bidder, so Aquaman asks him to make a bid. Bid you good night as he throws the suit at Blackjack and the walrus tail whips two pirates. Later back at the ship, Peabody congratulates Aquaman on good work on the exploration. His name will go down in history alongside great explorers like Amundsen, Perry, and Bird. In the next panel, Aquaman's holding a newspaper saying he was awarded a marine medal for daring deep sea exploration. And he says, they gave me a big parade and all, and I'm proud of that medal. The end. After the break, we'll go over some thoughts and feelings about the issue. Wait a minute. That was no joke. Somebody tried to kill me. That or we're not paying Mr. Slippery enough. Holy Neptune's trident. This has to be the work of the Legion of Doom. Hey, there's an echo inside my head. Echo. 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 Um, you okay, Aquaman? Echo. Echo. What? Oh, no, no problem. Overall, the premise feels like an adventure of the week that'll have bearing with the next issue, and I'm okay with that. The ending was weird. It doesn't say that there's a time elapse between the last two panels, but there must be, and there's no reason for Aquaman to just narrate like he does in that last panel. The author wants you to know he got a parade and a medal, but the newspaper tells you he got the medal. At the very least, he could explain why he cares most for the medal, or just say how it should go to Peabody or one of the aquatic life more and do a ceremony for them underwater. Maybe an ending where the sea life of Aquapatria do see him as their king and his kingdom expands. Like you could turn this into a multi-parter and say the creature he killed was a mother and then he has to take care of the baby who becomes his best friend and being older comics we don't have to reconcile with the fact that he's the mother's killer and they're just good buddies. What do you think? Did you read the comic? Let's continue the discussion on social media and YouTube VOD. You can find me at Thunder on Twitter and at Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want a broader look at DC Comics, check out Dawn of Pod, a Dawn of DC podcast on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Manjame out. Whoo, man. Glad that stopped before things got worse.